Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Reda, CBS Sports Lead NWSL Writer, joined today by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL Analyst and Play-by-Play Announcer. Today's episode, we've got NWSL news and notes to share with everyone. We're also going to circle back around and take a look at some standout players during the NWSL portion uh, where the Olympics were taking place. Lots to go through. But first, I just want to remind everyone that you can find us on Twitter at Attacking Third and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. Please leave us a five-star review, and we also want to hear from you. So please leave us a rating and leave us a question as well. We want to introduce a new segment during these midweek episodes for you all, and we want to be a little more engaging with all of the wonderful listeners who have joined us along the way. So if you leave us a five-star review with a question, you just might hear your question answered on these episodes. It's exciting. We're excited about it. So hopefully we're going to be introducing that new segment uh, starting as early as next week with everyone. Lisa, I'm excited about it. And uh, there's other news happening in our CBS podcast world. Why don't you let the listeners know all about it? Sandra, there's always more news happening, and we're welcoming a new podcast to the CBS Sports family. It's Fantasy Football Today, DFS. Get ready to dominate daily fantasy this year with optimized lineups, stacks, perceived ownership, leverage plays, and so much more. Join Frank Stamp, Mike McClure, and Sia Najad two times a week in the FFT DFS feed. The first episode, it dropped Tuesday, so you guys can download it and follow Fantasy Football Today, DFS podcast and catch it anywhere you listen to your podcasts on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to FFT. You'll love to see it. The family growing. It's always a delight. It is such a delight. Um, and I'm excited to be back here with you, Sandra, as always excited to drop a, a new segment where we answer fans questions. Cause we get a lot of your questions guys on Twitter, on the chat, um, but leave them to us on Apple podcast with a five-star review and we'll answer them. Yeah. I think we're really excited about it. I mean, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be a work in progress as everyone is in this world. Quite honestly, uh, we'll, we'll see how, we'll see how it goes for sure. Uh, we might take a look, we might have to filter through some questions because sometimes there's some, interesting ones out there. So we'll, we'll try to choose ones that are of course uh, appropriate and in line with the episode that we are uh, trying to produce for you all here. But uh, I'm excited to get back into NWSL news and notes and and all other wonderful little things. Like I said, we, everyone who's been listening to us, you know, we've been 
talking about so much about the Olympics. And again, we're, we're still continuing to sort of put, put that to bed a little bit. And we're going to be revisiting uh, some performances uh, in light of the Olympic portion of the schedule that took place during the NWSL schedule. Um, but I'm excited. How are you doing today, Lisa? I'm good. The sun is shining. It's not too humid in Philadelphia. Just some some nice weather days. I got an early morning workout in. Um, mm-hmm. We have new faces on the Kegelazo side with some family members joining there as well. Uh, just I like when my family's growing. The CBS Sports family, the the Kegelazo family, and our family joining. You know, Sandra, it's it's good. It's a good day. How are you today? Again, delightful. It's just all of it. All of it's delightful today as we're linking up midweek. Uh, can't relate on the humidity side of things. There's been some, <laughs> there's been some massive warnings, tornado warnings, some storm warnings coming in through through Chicago. So, in between all the rain, there's still this like weird, slick, thick humidity. So hopefully, once oh. it gets a good solid rain and it it, it takes itself out, isn't completely. that the worst? You think the rain is going to come and wipe out the humidity, clear yeah. it up? You'll be able to breathe when you go outside and. Yep. And doesn't you get the rain and it's the humidity is still thick. It's gross. Yep. It's gross. Yep. So hopefully, hopefully that happens today, but not right now while we're recording so that we don't lose, so that I don't lose <laughs> any power on my end and we can get, we can get our uh, NWSL action on here. Uh, but first I think to leave this whole segment off, we're actually going to start with the actual news portion of, of this, of this episode, Washington spirit dropping some midweek uh, news for everybody announcing that their head coach, Richie Burke, is stepping down from his position. Uh, President of Sporting Operations, Larry Best, quoted as saying, uh, Monday, Richie advised me of some health concerns, and we mutually agreed that it was in the best interest of him and of the club for him to step down as our coach. Once Richie's health improves, he will join the Sporting Operations front office staff. Um, So, yeah, just uh, some interesting things to take out of that statement there, uh, stepping down due to health concerns from the head coaching position. Um, but also should all of that side finds himself in a better place, not returning to the head coach position, returning to a front office staff position. So uh, stay tuned, I guess for this one, but has yeah, been yeah. with the spirit since 2019. Um, not the first time the spirit had to go through some coaching changes before, but just uh, interesting timing. I think most, most of all with this one, Lisa. Yeah, this is really interesting. And of course, um, we hope and we wish that Richie Burke is okay. Um, no one really knows the extent of this, but uh, the fact that they hope and plan to have him join the front office is good news that hopefully he can still be involved and be around the players. Um, I've had the pleasure and joy of speaking with him a number of times. Just when I do broadcasts, we get to talk with the coaches and ask him questions. And he's always such an enthusiastic guy, um, really loves soccer and likes to have fun. Uh, just a good personality, really over the top in his enthusiasm for the game and for talking with us always loves talking with the broadcasters. Um, But yeah, this is an interesting thing that we're seeing happening in the NWSL, especially this year, Sandra, lots of coaches uh, stepping out, stepping down, resigning, um, lots of different reasons. I almost feel like we're getting, we're getting like some coaching related news, like, every few weeks or every month this year in 2021 in regards to NWSL coaching uh, positions. It's really kind of like, okay, something in the water, Mm -hmm. like what's, 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 what's the vibe here. Um, But I'm interested to see if, um, if the spirit perhaps, you know, try to go the route of Orlando pride here because, you know, they had a situation where, 
ultimately Mark Skinner stepped down, but that was, you know, he was stepping down to take another head coaching position back uh, home for him in England with, with Manchester United. So some different circumstances there, but uh, they immediately tried to put out, you know, a, a call for at least a steady figure in the interim because we're at the halfway point of the season uh, for these, for all of these teams, quite frankly, all of these teams already have at least at minimum, at least 12 games, uh, you know, behind them in the regular season in a 24 game season. So they're all embracing and looking ahead to this second half. Um, So they, they did name, they did name Chris Ward as the interim head coach, but uh, it's going to be curious to see if there is going to be, um, some more news around this in terms of who could possibly be tied to the steady head coaching position job mm-hmm. for the spirit. Cause even though for, again, for Orlando pride, they, they named Becky Burley as interim head coach. We're, I mean, she's only a few weeks in and, and we're already hearing a ton of great stuff from the player side of things in relation to uh, her appointment as the interim. So uh, we'll see how, how this kind of goes moving forward. I mean, if they leave this on the table, Orlando leaves it on the table. If Spear leave it on the table, you know, moving into next season, you're talking about multiple teams that are going to be on the search for a head coach in this league. That's exactly right. The I think that you have to start putting outfielders now, especially when you look at a team like Washington Spirit. They're sitting number seven right now in the standings. So they're only one position off from making a playoff spot, which when you're looking for a new head coach, it's a lot easier when you have a team that is used to winning and makes playoffs and, and understands the postseason. And I guess the other side of that coin is, for the spirit, if they don't, or any of these teams, if they don't make the playoffs, um, they have more time to find a head coach and more time for the head coach to come in and change things up, get new players and, and get settled in with their new club. But um, there's been so much turnover across the NWSL and for lots of different reasons, like you mentioned. But um, I, I think interim head coaches can come in and make a difference. A lot of times they they haven't had those head coaching positions at this level and at this high level in this competition. So it's a chance for them to prove themselves and, and show they're good. And for Chris Ward, Chris Ward at Washington Spirit, um, he was with the Spirit a few years ago in 2013. He was a first assistant. So we did a lot of like training sessions and technical skills and fitness plans for the team. Um, and the last year, I think August 2020, he joined Spirit again as like the tactical analysis player performance development coach is his technical title there but um he's coached a lot and he's been in a lot of different places so to slide into that head coaching role I'm sure he's already done a lot of the duties um assistant coaches really are the right hand man to the head coach um so we'll see how it goes because Washington plays this weekend so about four day turnaround because I believe Washington plays on Friday against quick Houston so it's a three-day turnaround uh Honestly, on a Wednesday, got a game on Friday. It's a, uh, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, but, but like you mentioned, Becky Burley did it with Orlando. She got a tie her first time as the head yeah. coach, their interim yeah, head coach, did. and then she got a win. No, that's true. And you know what, the spirit. I mean, I'm sure we'll get a ton more into this when we look at the actual like uh, preview episode on on Friday. But for now, um, it's definitely something that's going to come in into play for for this team with the quick turnaround with only the couple days of preparation in between um 
you know, but I'm I am curious to see if they can maybe be motivated uh, by that because they're on a little I mean, a little bit of a skid, like a teeny tiny one, you know, after going on a really strong run during the Olympic portion of of the league schedule they've kind of dropped some results over these last couple of weeks. So I'm curious to see if this is something that's going to be a, mo- a different motivating factor for the team and try to get them kind mm-hmm. of a bounce back response from it. Um, and, and there's and we'll a lot see. of young players on this spirit squad. So how they deal with this change, I, I think some of them could be affected just because they're new to this league and they've understood a coach for, for so long or all season, even and understand what, the coach expects of them. And now that expectation might be changing with a new coach. Um, yeah, there's absolutely. a lot to watch for this team. Yeah, for, for sure. I, and, and again, I just, I'm very curious to see what names are potentially attached uh, to the spirit in terms of wanting to bring somebody out. Because I mean, it wasn't that long ago, you know, when they just appointed Richie Burke. And even then there were a lot of like ears to the ground, like trying to just hear like who was going to be attached in this interview process for people who are going to be named to the spirit head coaching position at the time. So it's like, now it's kind of like, they're going to have to start this one all over again. And then even if you look at a team like Oral Rain, where they did have somebody in place, you know, somebody like Sam Lady, who's been with the club for a long, long time, really kind of get in there, be able to kind of turn things around for all rain. And in doing that, kind of m- making this switch, turning something on and like getting the team results, all rain went ahead and also said, Hey, not only is all this good, like all these good results happening, like we're going to have a head coach in place, like as soon as the Olympics are over, because it's going to be Laura Harvey. So they're going to be reintroducing her back into the fold. So it's, it's just a, uh, it's going to be for these teams in particular, the, the rain spirit, Orlando pride, these teams that are kind of jockeying for position right now, kind of mid table, lower mid table. It's going to be very interesting to sort of see how these things shake out uh, in light of all of the different kind of coaching scenarios in play. Yeah. And, and a great grab for Laura Harvey and all rain for her to slide in there and she'll, she'll be there. Olympics are done. Olympics are over, so that means she's eventually going to make her way uh, to go and coach up uh, Oil Rain. But uh, let's let's take a look at it. Olympics are done. Uh, one of the things that we did, Lisa, leading up into some of all of this uh, Olympic content that we were producing for everybody, was we wanted to take a look at players that we knew were going to be in the NWSL with an opportunity in front of them to really kind of showcase their talents and their ability on the pitch during this Olympic portion of the schedule. We even wrote about it for CBS sports. I threw something up ahead of the Olympics. Uh, I chose four players to maybe kind of keep an eye on who I thought would shine in league play during the Olympic stretch. And I said, let me, first of all, I was like, I had to limit myself to four (laughs) players. Cause I mean, we could probably choose so, so many, um, and then I wanted to like limit myself to like positional areas. So I was like, oh, like let me choose a goalkeeper, let me choose a midfielder, et cetera, defender, um, striker. So I had um, looking back at that article, I had chose Didi Heracic and Net to, to keep an eye on, Andy Sullivan in the midfield, Kayla Sharples um, on the back line of things, Morgan Weaver uh, in the striker position. Um, so I, I think just looking back, I'm satisfied, really, quite frankly, with all of my <laughs> selections. Uh, just to continue to be each other's uh, hype persons. I, I I remember you saying that you wanted to take a look at players like uh, on the Houston Dash and, and Katie Naughton. I thought that 
she had a pretty uh, strong showing during this Olympic portion of the season. And you were looking at some other attackers on the thorn side of things for sure. Um, but I think for when I'm looking at my players in particular, I'm circling somebody like Kayla Sharples on the back line for Chicago, because we started to see this particular defender get time on the pitch with Chicago in light of maybe some injuries occurring and taking place. And over this Olympic stretch, something was solidified for Chicago on the back line. And they, what they did was they paired up Sharples alongside Sarah Gordon in that center back pairing. And it was very interesting talking to Sarah Gordon about that in a post-game performance where directly asked her, let's talk a little bit about this chemistry that's developed between you and Sharples. And she actually credits the chemistry between them, the, the fact that they're two very different type of players, two very different types of defenders, and that they balance each other out essentially. And that that is why their partnership has worked so well over this particular Olympic stretch of games. Um, and these are also two players who are kind of, uh, kind of viewed as like dual type of defenders where, if Chicago needs them to, they'll move them out wide versus inside, mm -hmm. you know, the middle, the middle center back duo. So I thought it was very impressive um, to see her get her defensive recoveries in for Chicago. She was a big, big part of uh, a lot of that chaotic energy with own goal, uh, with the five force own goals happening over this Olympic stretch of games for Chicago. It's like they were targeting her on some of these set pieces and she was just like this really big presence in the box creating enough chaos for, you know, one of these forced on goals to kind of come into play or somebody like Rachel Hill to be able to kind of just clean up some of the chaotic energy that uh, Sharple provided and just slot away some of these goals. So uh, I thought it was very impressive uh, Olympic stretch of games that uh, Kayla Sharples had for Chicago Red Stars for sure. And um, obviously I'm going to also shine light on, any Washington spirit player that I can, because they were my dark horse <laughs> in the beginning of this season. So seeing Andy Sullivan, I think you and I could both agree that this is a player that, um, you know, we know that she's been starting for the spirit. She's, she's been a starting caliber player for this team. She got drafted uh, a few years ago. So this is a player that we knew was, was likely going to see some time on the pitch. And that didn't change during this, this Olympic stretch. She's, she's had a very solid season for them, quite frankly, to date. Uh, even prior to this Olympic stretch of games. But we started to see some really, really strong interlinking play with Sullivan and the attacking line. And even if it was moments where we saw like these really just sort of long balls over the top to somebody like a Trinity Rodman or a very, very lovely built up of a goal between the two of them at one point, um, it was just very, very impressive. Uh, what were some players that stood out for you, Lisa? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a lot of uh, the big ones, and there were so many players that really stepped in during this Olympic stretch. Um, someone that I kept coming back to that I wasn't expecting to keep watching and keep a close eye on during this stretch um, was Portland goalkeeper Bella Bigsby. She stepped in through, throughout the last couple of weeks and has done tremendous. And Mark Parsons, head coach for the Thorns, has said time and time again, he has three NWSL starting cal caliber goalkeepers in, in this league, um, of course, with A.D. French, Bella Bigsby, and um, Shelby Hogan. And the fact that only one of them gets to start on his team, he, he says 
that's a shame because any other team, they would all be starters there. Um, and this was a chance for Bella Bigsby to get consistent starting minutes in goal um, and with a Portland Thorns team that took off during this Olympic stretch. They did not miss a beat. And it was because of players like Bella Bigsby um, filling in for A.D. French, who played at the Olympics, uh, got time and and won bronze for her country. So that was really fun to watch Bigsby. She had an unbeaten record in July, 92 save percentage, um, which is huge for a player that doesn't get a lot of playing time traditionally with sitting behind another goalkeeper like French. Um, Another player that I want to shout out just because Washington spirit, I I like him too, Sandra, Ashley Hatch. She came into her own during this stretch. She started scoring goals. She started having more confidence on the ball. Um, She started being more versatile in her attacking abilities, which made it really hard for opponents to predict what she was going to do and where she was going to do it, um, which was fun to watch. And because she's so young, she has so much more growth to go in this league. Um, Now with the turnover at Washington, we'll see what happens, but I don't think she'll miss a beat. She's a player that has solidified herself over the last few weeks and, and understood how not to play to her opponent's weaknesses, but rather to play up her own strengths to be successful on the field. Um, And then another player I want to give a shout out to, we talked a little bit about about Houston Dash and how they had some holes to fill. And I think Katie Naughton did well on the back line. Um, There was some, some time for Houston where they needed to adjust a little bit, but over the last week or so, two weeks, they've, they've figured it out a little bit. And Gabby Seiler is a player that stepped into the midfield for Houston Dash that was previously playing behind players like Sophie Schmidt and Christy Mewis. And now she got time over the last few weeks and she ended up scoring two goals, her first NWSL career goal. And then she tacked on another one just a week or two later. Um, she was a player that was more defensive minded when she she came into this Houston Dash squad and, and her role for this team was going to be to break up opponents play and sit in that six role. And she saw that there was gaps that needed to be filled in the attacking end. And she did just that. She 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 understood where she could make Houston better over the last few weeks. And I think she did that. So that'll be interesting to see moving forward when all of these Olympic players return um, there. They're at the international level for a reason. So they'll get time, of course, but the trainings are going to be much more intense now because players like Morgan Weaver, Bella Bigsby, Gabby Seiler are now fighting for those starting positions that they've had over the last few weeks and and understanding that the rhythm of play is so important and being consistent in training and on the field is so important. So I'm... So excited to have all the Olympic players back in the league playing and competing. But I think that the competition will be increased, not because these Olympic players are returning and their skill level, but because of the competition off the field and in training amongst these teams um, and players fighting for spots and fighting for time to be the first sub off the bench. It's uh, it's created some some real good problems for a lot of the coaching staffs uh, across the league. Uh, but Lisa, this is this is attacking third. We got to talk about some of these attacking players real, real quick before we before we close out on this episode. We're talking Sydney LaRue being such a focal point for Orlando Pride. We're talking about Bethany Balser just really returning to that 2019 Rookie of the Year form that we saw out of her during that regular season. Uh, Sophia Smith, Simone Charlie, multiple players. You know, for, quite frankly, for. <laughs> 
for Portland Thorns, you know, the depth of that squad. We've been talking about them a lot over these last several weeks, uh, kind of carrying the torch, really, in, in first place uh, for the Portland Thorns side. But so many good goals that we've been seeing uh, from all these attackers. Uh, Mal Pugh uh, yeah, making yeah. statements of her own. She was tired of the own goals. She said, no, <laughs> my turn, you know, and showing everybody uh, what she's about. So it, it's been uh, it's been a delight to see. And even on the rookie side of things, Trinity Rodman, not kind of giving up and uh, staying so, so active in the final third for, for the spirit during this time. It's, it's this, these moments um, in these international windows during the league, whether it's in a cycle of a World Cup or cycle of the Olympics or during a FIFA, you know, friendly that might not be during a window, a FIFA window, <laughs> we'll just say, uh, you know, it's always a it's always a real treat to be able to take a closer look at the depths of all of these squads because there are so many talented players uh, along all of these rosters, and it's really in these moments where they get opportunities and minutes uh, to to shine through so it's been it's been awesome uh, covering the league over the last several weeks for sure heck yeah it has i love that we're highlighting the attacking players um and just because i'm defensive minded but also because she is an attacking player leading the league in assists caprice didasco for gotham she's so good so good getting up the flank and and she didn't miss a beat during this olympic stretch um she did really well, but yeah, there are so many players to keep an eye on. I love that you highlighted Mal Pugh. She was also on my list of players that came into her own and, and took this, this window of opportunity to get on the board and get into the attack and, and choose to get better over this time. Delightful. Uh, Lisa, we're going to wrap it up. I, we've gonna, we're going to come back and join all of our listeners with more NWSL action, of course. We have a Friday preview that will be available for everyone soon. Again, there's going to be a ton of games this weekend. I love NWSL weekend. Games are going to start Friday all the way through uh, to Sunday. So make sure you check out that episode bright and early because it will be available. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. As always, uh, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available as video. So please subscribe to us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third. Once again, we'll be back Friday with an NWSL preview. I just want to remind you to leave us a five-star review with a question, and we'll be back with these midweek segments to answer it. So go ahead and uh, do us that favor and drop us a line. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.